You're listening to the Sage Hill Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd. Sage Hill is a social impact organization that helps people see who they are made to be so they can do what they're made to do. In this podcast, Chip sits down with his longtime friend Stephen James and tells a story about when loss caught up with him. They also discuss the courage needed to feel in a world where it often seems most wise to numb. Hey, Stephen. Something happened to me, happened with me, something I let happen. All of those things are true on um, Saturday. What was it? That surprised me and caught me unawares and lost caught up with me in some ways. And I'm hesitant to tell the story because it, it will leave me open to, you know, judge people judging. Mm. But I'm willing to tell it anyway because... Because that's never been your problem. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean... Sonia and I were at uh, this resort. Uh, uh, well, actually, it was Disney World. When okay. Sonia and I were at Disney and, World. And if anybody knows you, yeah, that doesn't I, surprise me. I either. really like Disney World. I never thought I would because I thought it was ridiculous. But I found some, something. Anyway, so Sonia and I had gone up to ride down one of the slides. A water slide? A water slide <laughs> at the pool. And uh, I was Hold up on, there. Hold on, I saw the picture. I know, but I mean, Sonia, when she said, yeah, giant, yeah, I'm 6'5", and, and everyone around me was about four, thigh high. Four feet tall. Uh, yeah, and the little kids looking at me like, oh, what's the man doing up here? <laughs> he doesn't have children that makes it appropriate. You know, it's like, so Sonia and I were up there, and uh, we were getting ready because there's a red light, green light. When the green light flashes, you hit, and you go through down the tumble and, you know, down the yeah. slide and the splash at the end. And, um, you know, I don't know, it's because I didn't do that when I was younger or whatever, but still, it's just, uh, so we were up there, and uh, Sonia was sitting prepared to go in the green light, and I'm standing behind her, and all of a sudden, I I can see out over the whole pool, you know, from that upper, like, two stories high, and all of a sudden, the lifeguard blew his whistle, just whoop, and, and I glanced up, and he's going into the pool. And at the same time he's going to the pool, the water slide shuts off, and there's dead silence. And uh, I, I see a, a figure on the bottom of the pool. Oh, no. It's four feet deep. And um, uh, I'm, my God, I mean, I could see, like, the length of an arm and a green in the water, the figure. And he, he hits the pool with the, that special jump in they do that did not, and it reaches under. There's a mother right by this uh, dark figure. And he reaches in and pulls pulls it out. I say it because it turns out that it was a long sleeve cover up shirt. Oh God! Like, uh, yeah, and um, he he got it out and he handed it to this mother. And I don't know if it was hers or I don't know what. I said, Oh my God, Sonia! It's like God. I was sure that was a child. I mean, I I yeah. could see. And of course, everything that was happening it was amazing. It all happened so fast. It's so expertly with perfect precision in a world that these lifeguards walk around and they they literally are nodding their head up and down. They're looking into areas where there's no one. They they do this routine almost like sentries at, at some kind of, of nuclear plant guarding mm-hmm. the secrets of the world. I mean, Disney has their world shaped there to make sure nothing like that could occur. Mm-hmm. And in this place of perfection and protection and 
something horrific was occurring right in front of me. And they even shut the slide off the moment the light. They, they, it, everything is so like guarded and protected. But anyway, so the, the lifeguard handed the shirt to the woman and the slide started back within moments. And Sonia and I were up there talking. I said, my God, Sonia, I thought it was a child. And um, so we went down the slide and then we got out of the pool. Mm -hmm. And Sonia and I went over to our lounges. We, we were getting ready to go and because we were you know, getting ready to come home. And I said, Sonia, I really thought it was a child. I said, I'm going to start crying. And the tears just like, God, I can't believe it. But the tears just started flowing because that happens all the time. Yeah. And then it's like, and it's happened to us. And so many ways that I, for years, considered all the things that happened. As you know, we, my family has been through multiple surgeries. I once believed I was sort of cursed for doom, like um, Sisyphus. Sisyphus, yeah. It's like Prometheus. He's the guy that got in trouble for fire. <laughs> But the tears, says, I'm so sad, like, you know, just injuries, surgeries, William's spinal tumor when he was a junior, spinal surgery, um, Tennyson's born with spina bifida occulta, yeah. and, and then, you know, my own cancer. And I always described all those things that had happened to us. None of those things were because we caused them. Of course, we were putting ourselves at life's risk, you know, when these happened, because life is risk. And we entered the risk. But I described to Tennyson, I mean, we're, we're going to bleed to death of 10,000 paper cuts. I always minimized everything that happened to us as that which it could have been so much worse. Mm. And so I never have, I remember being confronted, like, it's not paper cuts. And Sonia has confronted me you know, several times, like, you have cancer, you don't talk about you having cancer. And I've said, because it's like not real cancer. It's like, it's just cancer that's fixed. We fix it. It's, you know, it's done. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I'm so well trained, and I think many men and many women and many people were so well trained to disregard the after effects of life happening. Mm-hmm that I, w I, I am well trained of, the, of walking. We train ourselves yeah, right, to walk, survive. Yeah, walking through the after effects. And I had the great, wonderful gift of my losses catching up with me on a Saturday. I did not expect it to happen. At Disney World. When a, at Disney World where a child died that was a shirt, and yet I couldn't leave the child, even though I knew it was a shirt. Mm -hmm. And according to the rules, it's time, you, oh, thank God it was a shirt. Yes, thank God it was a shirt. But it's a child all the time. It's still bothering you. It's a child. Yeah. It's a child. Children die. People get cancer, no matter what we plan, no matter how perfect it is. The people's lives who turn out perfectly, unless they know what loss is and grief is, their lives are miserable. So I was struck by the gift of my grief catching up with me at that time and letting it happen, letting myself know exactly what it was. Yourself I felt sad that a child d dies and I was so relieved to know it was a shirt, so such a relief that this time it wasn't a child. Yeah. This time it didn't happen, but uh, also catching up with the fact that it has happened with us so many times 
when I thought it wouldn't. Different laws. Yeah. We, yeah. And, uh, well, I know a few years ago, I mean, you know this story well, you know, when Elijah fell in the fire pit. I wrote the story about that. Do you remember yeah. the, the blog I wrote about and, Elijah? And just how watching my son's innocence fall away over a couple of day period in the yeah. unit. And he's no, in that moment, like his belief that life was going to be okay. Yeah. Not there anymore. No. And the only play, only way we could meet him was in the confirmation of, yes, he's right. You know, yes. Like, you're right, son. Like, there's, there's no answer to why this happened. You didn't do anything wrong. Your friend's parents, his house you're at, didn't do anything wrong. Like, this is awful. Yes, and sometimes it's not a shirt. Yeah. You know, and we've talked a lot of times about life is tragic and God is faithful. And the only way to reconcile those two things is to let loss catch up with me or you or us and persevere anyway. Perseverance is not endurance. Perseverance is the the tears come with it, the losses come with it. I mean, some of the most valiant warriors who have been to face things that, that are going to happen, but we're really not constructed to have to do them, but we can. Mm-hmm. War. One of the most valiant things that they do and they will claim for themselves is to grieve the losses that finally come to them when the men that they loved don't come back. And they get a resolution in a lot of ways through the struggle of knowing that they couldn't save them. And loss is not comparable either. You know, we right. don't, we make the mistake of comparing losses that well, this that's person what you're has. Saying you do like my I don't have real cancers. What yeah, you said, or, it, well, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we and I your, don't. I mean, you actually I mean, do have. I do, real but cancers. it's it's not the the, it's the not, worst kind. It's not the worst kind. But claiming it like I still have it, and mm-hmm. still not knowing what to do, and with let it. it teach you, let it yeah. open you up to some new. Yeah, experience I could still grieve over my sons or Sonia more than me, more than myself. I know that as a man who has quite a bit of experience in life, I know that by telling the story that it was tearful to me while playing around at Disney World and then, you know, letting myself have that, I know that that sets me up for a lot of guys, Hmm. uh, a lot of men to go, (laughs) come on. You're making too much of that shirt in the pool. Absolutely. And, yeah, you know what? I am uh, making a lot of it, and I just thank God I care that much. I, I'm, I'm very pleased to be able to care that much because I've, I've, I'm staying in it no matter what, and now I know even more of what for because it's a child, even if it turns out to be a shirt, it's worth whatever it takes to care about. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to be grieving. And I'm sad about life. I'm sad about... Children, I'm sad about us. I'm sad about all of us. The older I get, the sadder I get. And I'm willing to have it because this is a mess. Well, how, how do we not get then cynical and like old curmudgeonly, like back in the day when things were so good and, you know, the world today is so bad? Like, how do we stay out of that? Thing? I'm telling you, I think that that reconciliation place is that through our uh, willing to continue to dream and willing to continue to lose. And when Emmanuel no longer means God will rescue us from this, mm. but Emmanuel actually means God with us, that we have a place to go that where the truth can be told, what, what marriage is made to be like, we can bring it to the one that 
created it mm -hmm. and lay it all out. Like, because the covenant, a covenant means I can bring it all. I mean, I know it means more than that, but I can bring it all. And that whom I'm in covenant with can stay in it while I bring it all. So I think that, honestly, we're able to, like, live in it because God is present with us. You said a minute ago. We experience God in our. That, that this reconciliation place requires us to have dreams, like dream new dreams yeah. after losses. Yeah. How are your dreams different now at almost 60 than what they were five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago? That is a great question. You know, I have looked, and I think in some ways I'm just beginning to uh, acknowledge that uh, I'm older and I'm, I am actually like, I will look back. I'm actually looking back some. And one of the things is that the grief of knowing that much of what I dreamed will never happen. Mm. And I actually did believe it would. That's one thing. The second thing that amazes me getting older is that I do not identify myself as of an age in so many ways, I've noticed I've forgotten how old I am, and I somebody's 18 is talking, or 8, or really like 50 or 40. I don't think Isn't that of, just senility then? Like, no, no. <laughs> but I don't think of myself as, I'm not looking at myself in comparison to them. I'm talking to them and relating to them as being 8 or 18 or 40-something. Yeah. Or it's the strangest thing. That's beautiful. Well, I, I guess. And um, But how are your dreams changed? And I'll tell you, well, this too, being older, I really have found out that, that that thing we were talking about earlier, it takes a lifetime to learn how to live. We're always going to be works in progress. That we as human beings are, are homo sapiens, but we're also homo terrorizers. We're... You know, we're, we're, we're human beings that are capable of great uh, damage to each other and that reconciliation and forgiveness seeking and mercy offered are bigger than they used to be to me, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. uh, how my dreams have changed is um, I think probably there's, and I used to think of myself as not having so much. It's not about me, honestly. Mm. It's about making sure that you get it. And uh, I absolutely will put my name on it because I think it's foolish to play a false altruistic game because we all want to know, we all want to say, yes, I was here. There's my signature. Yeah. But it's about you taking the signature and doing something with it. Mm. So it sounds, I mean, if this is right or wrong or accurate, that it moved, your dreams have moved from more aspirational kind of things the inspirational. to more inspirational. And I, I'm writing a book about that very thing okay. that, that it's, it's not about doing the good, it's about doing the best, and that there are real movements of leaving behind something in people's hearts. And that was what I was about to mention. And this, this I, I'm a little scared to say this, but I'm very, 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 very amazingly so fortunate. I'm so thankful. And I do not, I'm very hesitant to, to give credit. I just know I showed up for it, but I could stop now. And I have left behind a lot. Uh, and I'm so grateful to have gotten to do so. But I could, I could stop now and I could honestly say that uh, I was here, I did it, I showed up, I gave myself. 
and you know the one one of the songs that I mean I, I want this played at my funeral. It's an embarrassing song, but the Impossible Dream. I, I, that's my personal anthem, and to 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 dream it to this Don Quixote type yeah. thing. That in a world where numbness is probably the wise the, the most realistic approach to take, I said no, no, I'm not. Numbness is not what I'm going to do, and I'm not going to live like that. And I am. I'm saying that, you know, you keep reality and I'm going after the truth. And the truth is that we're made a certain way to live a certain way, to connect a certain way, to dare a certain way, and to not be prisoners and slaves in a place where we're made to, to love and take a risk of, of caring. I'm not doing it. Mm. And I can say that I've kind of not done it, you know. And I'm so I'm it not. It sounds like now your dreams are more for other people to not do it. Yeah. I would say that's truer than it's ever been. It's always been there. Yeah. But now... Like that part's growing. Yeah, yeah, it's that part's growing. You know, 58 is, is older. Um, it's older than me. Yeah, and I remember... <laughs> yeah, it is older than you. It's a lot. Like, yeah. like, a, like a, a lot, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I remember judging a guy uh, who was in his 50s, and I was in my early 30s, and reading something he'd written, and he said something about, and you know, he still struggles with so-and-so. I remember thinking, good gosh, <laughs> you are struggling with that and you're that age? Come on. Yeah. You know, deal with it. You know, so. Oh, and now, I'm glad he, that left you. He, well, yeah. <laughs> More than ever has. And I'll tell you, my oldest son said something to me. You know, I said something about living the answers. And he said, you know, Dad, you, you don't live the answers. But I said, no, I have some answers. He said, Dad, honestly, that's true. But what, what I've watched you do is you live the questions well. That's the secret. You're not living the answers. You're living the questions. Hold a better question. Like carry yeah. a better question. Yeah. Ask the honest question. Live vulnerably in the question. Yeah. Because the questions like really expose our neediness, really expose yeah. our, our uh, need of God, our need yeah. of other people, yeah. our powerlessness. Yeah. Like we all want answers, but we really have a lot more questions. Yeah. And Stephen, I am a witness to, for me, the fact, and witness means experience, not just belief, but Emmanuel. God is with us. And those who are most needy know it most. But it's a knowing. I, I know that God is with us. And that, that is, that's a good thing. This is Stephen James, the Executive Director of Sage Hill Counseling. Thanks for listening to the Sage Hill Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd. If you're interested in learning more about the power of our core eight emotions, I encourage you to check out Chip's book, The Voice of the Heart, A Call to Full Living. If you're a therapist, a pastor, or professional that works with people, and you'd like to be better equipped to help people live fully, we invite you to learn more about Sage Hill Training. This is an in-depth, experiential training to help you bring your heart to the work you are called to do. You can visit sagejewelltraining.com to find out more.